Welcome back to our 31 days of wisdom here as we dig through Proverbs for 31 days, uh, checking out the writings of King Solomon and other contributors here. And uh, we're in day number seven. Yesterday, we were day six in Proverbs six, and we talked about the four hunters that we really need to watch out for. Today, we're in chapter seven, and really are calling this one, A Story Makes It Clear. One of the things we teach when we go in and teach leadership, or we're teaching uh, leaders how to speak and um, those kind of things, we have this saying, we have this quote that says, you know, never tell a story without making a point, but you never make a point without telling a story. And right here in chapter uh, seven, that, that this is kind of a, 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 uh, the father speaking to a son. He's like on his hands and his knees and he's begging him. And he's like, let me just tell you a story, right? I'm going to put it in story form so you can get this information. You can get it in you and make it part of who you are, right? And, um, you know, stories really bring out the imagination. Otherwise, it's just kind of information it's like you're sitting in a lecture hall and how boring can that be sometimes, right? So um, in, in this chapter, we see again, once again, the adulterous woman. Once we get past chapter nine, we get into chapter 10, we really start seeing the actual um, proverbs like wisdom teaching and, and, and parables here. Through Chapters one through nine is kind of like this father. We've talked about a little bit. Father talking to a son, imparting wisdom to a son. And in this, again, we see the adulterous woman yet again. But I want to read you what my commentary says about this as we look at, at this. And we've talked about it before that, um, you know, you can see it as lady wisdom and the adulterous woman, or you can see it as a relationship-based salvation by faith alone, by grace alone, through Jesus Christ, or you can see it as a spirit of religion where it's real legalistic. So I want to read you my commentary on this chapter right here as he talks about how it can be seen as a spirit of religion versus um, the freedom that is in Jesus' name. So this is the commentary. I'll read it, and then we'll jump into chapter 7 right here, okay? So this is this parable he talks about not only warns about the obvious evils of adultery and immorality, but also serves as a warning to the anointed young men in ministry not to be seduced by religious system. Wisdom looks from the window of her house, which is the true church of Jesus, and sees a young man is not really fully mature yet, right? Who has placed himself in the path of sin. This made him vulnerable to the seduction of the harlot or the system of a works-based religion that enticed him into her bed. Partnership, kind of covering and uh, ordination with her and her system is what he's talking about. And he says, covered with Egyptian linens. And one of the things, Egypt is really a picture of the world system that holds people in bondage, right? He talks about she is loud and stubborn. And that's that old self-life that we've never really dealt with, right? And says, we will not remain in her house. The true church of Jesus, right, goes out of the house. The church has left the building. We called to leave the building, right? So he talks about she is in the darkness of compromise and her ways are the ways of death. She doesn't remain faithful to her husband, which is the bridegroom of God. And the two women of Proverbs are the harlot mentioned here and the virtuous woman found in um, chapter 31, who speak of two systems of worship. One is true and virtuous and the other is false and seductive. So 
as you read through chapter seven again, be mindful of this works-based religious system. It is a stronghold, and I think uh, that is one of the biggest strongholds that we have. Uh, in scripture, it talks about before you can go in and plunder, you got to bind the strong man. Well, I believe this is one of the strong men in our culture today is our spirit of religion, a spirit of uh, works-based religion that has to be bound, right? So let's jump in here, uh, chapter seven. Stick close to my instruction, my son, and follow my, all my advice. If you do what I say, you will live well. Guard your life with my revelation truth, for my teaching is as precious as your eyesight. Treasure my instruction. Cherish them within your heart. Say to wisdom, I love you, and to understanding, you're my sweetheart. Kind of reminds me of going back on, on day number one and day number two, we were talking about how bad do you want it, right? How bad do you want it? Or, or do you want it so bad that you fall in love with wisdom that you call understanding your sweetheart, right? Have you gotten there yet? Where's your commitment level at? Number five, may the two of you protect me, and may we never be apart, for they will keep you from the adulteress with her smooth words meant to seduce your heart. Looking out the window of my house one day, he starts hearing this story, right? I notice among the mindless crowd, a simple, naive young man who was about to go astray. There he was walking down the street. Then he turned the corner going on his way as he hurried on to the house of the harlot, the woman he had planned to meet. There he was in the twilight as darkness fell, convinced no one was watching as he entered the black shadows of hell. That's when their rendezvous began. A woman of the night appeared dressed to kill the strength of any man. She was decked out as a harlot, pursuing her amorous plan. Her voice was seductress, seductive, rebellious, and bolsterous as she wandered far from what's right. Her type can be found soliciting on street corners on just about any night. She wrapped her arms around the senseless young man and held him tight. She enticed him with kisses that seemed so right. Then, with insolence, she whispered in his ear, Come with me. It'll be all right. I've got everything we need for a feast. I'll cook you a wonderful dinner. So here I am. I'm all yours. <clears throat> You're the very one I've looked for, the one I knew I wanted from the moment that I saw you. That's why I've come out here tonight, so that I could meet a man just like you. Hmm. I spread my canopy bed with coverings, lovely multiple multicolored Egyptian linen spread and ready for you to lie down on. I've sprinkled the sheets with intoxicating perfume made from myrrh and aloes and sweet cinnamon. Come, let's get comfortable and take pleasure in each other and make love all night. There's no one home for my husband's away on business. He left home loaded with money to spend. So don't worry, he won't be back for another month's end. He was swayed by her sophistication, enticed by her longing embrace. She led him down the wayward path right into sin and disgrace. Quickly, he went astray with no clue where he was truly headed, taken like a dumb ox alongside the butcher. She was like a venomous snake, coiled to strike. So she set her fangs into him. He's like a man about to be executed with an arrow right through his heart, just like a bird that flies into the net, unaware of what's about to happen. So listen to me, you young men. You'd better take my words seriously. Control your sexual urges and guard your hearts from lust. 
Don't let your passion get out of hand and don't lock your eyes onto a beautiful woman. Why would you want to even get close to temptation and seduction to have an affair with her? She has pierced the souls of multitudes of men. We talked about this the other day. Many mighty men, many mighty ones have fallen and have been brought down by her. If you're looking for the road to hell, just go looking for her house. And that is chapter seven. If we look at that from a works-based religious standpoint, you know, it talks about being led astray like a dumb ox. Well, in Ephesians 6, it talks about putting on the armor of God. And one of the pieces of the armor is the belt of truth. And I always wondered why is truth considered a weapon of warfare? Why is that considered some armor, right? But, but then I started thinking about this movie we watched called Unbroken. It's about uh, Louis Zamperini in, the, um, in World War II, right? He was a fighter or he was a bombardier and their plane crashed. He ended up being a prisoner of war and they beat him real bad. But, but they found out that Louis Zamperini was this famous Olympian, right? And that his family and all of America thought he was dead. Well, what they did was they took him out, they cleaned him up, they made him look nice, gave him a nice meal, put him in a nice hotel, and then they gave him a script. And they wanted him to read a script to tell how nicely things were over in Japan and that uh, the United States needed to stop doing some of the things that they were doing and they were being misled. And it was all propaganda, right? Truth is a weapon of warfare because if we don't know what God's word says, then we will be just like this young guy being a dumb ox led to the slaughter, right? The Bible says that we are the light of the world. We are the salt and the light of the world, but our enemy pretends to be the light of the world, right? And if you don't know the truth, it's going to be easily to be, it's easy for us to be led astray. So I, I want to encourage you, especially during this time when there's a lot of chaos and confusion, right now is the time to press in and see what God has to say, what his word has to say, but also to press in to see what he is saying. If you're in Christ, you have been given the Holy Spirit, and it says we have the mind of Christ, so we can know what God has said and what God is saying through his scripture and what he speaks to us. So I want to encourage you to press in, press into that. And I hope you guys have a great day. God bless. Looking forward to getting with you tomorrow on day number eight. Have a great day.